Hey there, Brittany here. Before we dive into today's episode, I wanted to let you know about a special online mini training that I'm offering for free for a limited time. It's called Peace, Love, Stepmom. And not to toot my own horn, but beep beep, it's pretty freaking awesome. Peace Love Stepmom will give you the exact steps to take in order to create more harmony in your stepfamily without feeling like you have to walk on eggshells or bite your tongue or ignore your own needs just to keep the peace. Because if you are listening to this, then chances are pretty good that you know there's a big difference between not fighting and actually feeling peaceful. To enroll in Peace Love Stepmom and get immediate access to this incredible online course, head to peacelovestepmom.com and sign up. It's totally free. You don't want to miss it. So go to peacelovestepmom.com to enroll and get immediate access. Now on with the show. Where would you take your life if you knew you could not fail. I get it. As a stepmom, mom, and entrepreneur, sometimes it can feel like what everyone else expects of you versus what you dream about for yourself are on opposite ends of the spectrum. As a woman, you're taught from a very young age what society thinks you're worth based on how you look, how you behave, and how much money you're allowed to bring in. But I'm here to show you that you can be the woman who has it all, and not just on the outside. I'm Brittany Lynch, and you are the queen of your castle. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of the Queen of Your Castle podcast. I am your host, Brittany Lynch. Uh, Thank you for joining us here today. I'm super excited to bring a beautiful stepmom guest on the show for your listening pleasure. Today on the show, we have Carmen Benton. And Carmen Benton is a corporate corporate executive. She's also a mom of six. She's got three bio kids and three stepkids. She's an entrepreneur and a wife who's figured out the magic formula to pursue one's dreams and crush one's goals with confidence and ease. Loving it. Very queen of your castle. Very in love, obsessed with all of it. Carmen, thank you so much for being here with us today. Thank you for having me, Brittany. Thank you so much. Uh, I'm so excited to be here. As I was telling you earlier, I saw the title of your podcast and I'm like, oh my God, I need because to share this. You are it. the queen of your castle. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love your excitement. In fact, my Netflix profile is the queen. For real. <laughs> Amazing. It was meant to be. Queens attract queens, right? If you're listening, you're a queen. If you're on the show, you're a queen. We love queens around here. Yes. Yeah. Awesome. (laughs) So Carmen, why don't you let our listeners know kind of who you are, where are you from? How many stepkids do you have? What do you love to do? Who are you? Who's Carmen? Wow. That's uh, that's a loaded question. So... (laughs) Uh, so my name is Carmen. Uh, I am a corporate executive during the day. 
I have been working in corporate, in corporate America for 20 years in the strategic planning area. And uh, I really love my job. Um, I quit for a little bit when I had my very first two bio kids and I was dying to go back to work. Different story for another day about postpartum depression and guilt and all that, that's part of the story. Uh, so I love to work and I'm also a serial entrepreneur. I have a couple of business. I've had businesses since I was little. I was that girl in the street that will sell lemonade to you know everyone. And I grew up in Panama, so it was hot, so it was cold, and slushies, and so I've been making money since I was little. Um, so there's that. So I became stepmom in 2018, so January 2018. Um, my husband, my current husband, um, has five kids, two in college and three little ones that kind of overlap with my own three bio kids uh, ages. So we have in the house almost 14, who's mine, just 12, who's mine, uh, almost 11, this is my stepson, 10, a six, and then the littlest one is mine, and he's five, and he's autistic. So we not only have a blended family, but we have special needs. And then my older two stepkids in college, um, one is 22, and the other one is 20. It's interesting. It's interesting for many reasons that, uh, you have special needs in your family. Um, I tend to attract stepmoms whose family have kind of a higher level of needs. And so it's very interesting. I didn't even know that about you until just right now. It's very interesting that that's part of your family dynamic. And, uh, I actually wrote an, an article in Stepmom Magazine uh, a few months ago about being a stepmom when there's special needs in the home and the additional kind of layers of stress on top of the blended families and the schedules and the uncertainty and the everything changing and different rules and et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, I feel like it's this like pocket of, of families that are kind of not being supported in the same way. It's like, we, we don't, we don't talk about it. And being a stepmom is like isolating enough, let alone when you have this additional layer of complexity that you're not really sure how to navigate. And I, I know I'm making a lot of assumptions right now, but uh, I th just think it's a really, I think it's a really neat thing to have met so many women because I used to feel so alone. Right. I used to feel so alone having someone in my family who had that extra layer of needs. And what an amazing thing that the Internet has opened up, you know, our community inside of the stepmom story um, and all of the women that we've met. And now you, Carmen, where we realize we're just not alone. Right. And yeah. Yeah. So so my my son and I realize it's different because this is my bio kid. Right. I'm the mom, I'm the protective one. And I have to be honest, I, he doesn't have a stepmom. I don't know how that would be 
one day when that happened. Uh, but he does have a stepdad because my husband is his stepdad. And I have to tell you that he is absolutely wonderful with him. And in fact, that was definitely one of the measuring factors when we were dating, right? And everyone who comes around my family, I measure how my little one interacts with that person and how that person interacts with him. Um, he's so much far along now than he was when he was diagnosed three years ago. He lost every word he had and was diagnosed with autism. Now he, he talks nonstop and we were having, if you see my stories, we're having a conversation about loving and liking because I tell him I love him and he'd respond, he likes me back. And <laughs> we have those arguments. Um, but the reality is that he does require more attention from me than any other kid in this house, including my own kids. And as a mom, that's one of the guilts that I do endure now. And I am very good at kicking the guilt to a different lane. I don't, I don't entertain it, but I do realize that I spend a lot more time and effort and energy on my autistic kid that I spend with my other kids. It's just what it is. And so there are rules around the house about what you can or not do around Hank, right? Because he doesn't understand or he, or I don't want to deal with having to explain to him why this is happening. And I have to say that my stepkids have been absolutely amazing being siblings to him. In fact, when he comes in the house, he came today, his grandma brought him from his dad today. And he, he said, hi, mom. And he ran, he's like, where are my, where are my siblings? Where are my, <laughs> actually, sadly, and good and bad, right? He's not asking about his biological siblings, which are older. He's asking about, you know, the six and the nine-year-old who are his buddies, right? And he went right into where they were. And like, it's nice. It's nice to see them bonding. And that's what I mentioned earlier, uh, Brittany, that families get blended and you cannot undo that blend anymore. It doesn't matter what happens. They are creating bonds with their siblings, with the step-siblings that hopefully are forever. And I try very hard for them to see each other as siblings and not just a step something. Mm -hmm. um, someone's, someone, my daughter actually told me that uh, I should call my mom, I, I should call myself uh, bonus mom, not stepmom. And I'm like, you know what? I actually like that. Cause there's such a bad connotation with the step word. It's just like, this has a bad rep, right? And, um, but yes. Sorry, I digress. <laughs> we were talking about the special needs, but yes, it does. It does require a lot of, a lot of different type of attention and boundaries and rules and uh, patience, patience, and uh, for the step parent, especially right because we have a special container of patience, I think, for our own kids that has nothing to do with do we like the stepkids or not. It's, it's just nature, right? And then you have to be a better person, consciously make sure that you're not being unfair one way or the other to keep balance and harmony in the house. That's At least that's the way I run my, my castle. 
Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, and I think that it's, it's so important that we, that we acknowledge that, you know, I think there's this expectation that we have put on ourselves and whether it's a societal expectation or a familial expectation or a cultural expectation, there is an expectation that if you are a woman entering into a container with a spouse who has children, there is an expectation that you will instantly bond, that you will be instantly nurturing, that you will be instantly loving that you will, you know, one of my, one of the things I get up on my soapbox uh, about often is this really unhelpful thing where, where stepmoms say things like, you know, we're not half, we're not step, we're just family, right? Um, Because the reality is that those relationships to our partner's kids take longer to develop. And if they don't develop in that way that they're just like your biological children, that's okay. Right. And I, and I love that you acknowledge that you have that special container with your kids because of that biological connection. Um, And I also love that you, that you are someone who has been divorced and shares custody, right? So you see both sides. You see what it's like not only to receive your spouse's kids on your visitation, but you see what it's like to send your bio kids to their other parent on their other parent's visitation. So I know we were kind of talking a bit uh, earlier before we started recording about um, how you realized that you had been kind of being unfair in your parenting, but not in the way that one might assume. Uh, could you could you tell us a little bit about what you meant what you meant by that when you realize like I'm not being a fair parent right now. I'm not being a fair step parent. Right. So you know it's typical I think for most people to assume that you know stepmom stepdad is going to be mean. Uh, to the stepkids and I am a very strict person in my you know the way I raise my kids I have a lot of expectations um, because I'm a go-getter because I'm a driver because I'm a successful person and I want them to see that I believe that modeling is the only way to teach they will be what they see I mean I can talk all day long but if they don't see that I go after what I want or that I work hard you know, words just go with the way. Anyhow, so I have expectations. And I found myself trying to avoid the stigma of being the evil stepmother, that I was being nicer to my stepkids than I was to my real kids, to my, you know, biological kids. And it took me, you know, a couple months of the transition and all that to realize, like, wait a second, why am I letting them get away with that when my children have to, you know, do this other thing. And so one day I'm like, wait a second, this is not really fair because I'm trying to break the perception, but aren't the people that I love the most in the world that deserve me to be the kindest, right? So I had to like really go in and, you know, try to find a way to balance that. And so you asked me earlier how we did that. So we had conversation. I had conversations with my husband. We talked about boundaries, and uh, you know, I have to say, the the worst fights that we have had is because he's 
standing for his kids and I'm standing for mine. And you know what? I wouldn't, I wouldn't take it any other way because I don't want a dad that doesn't stand for his kids. Mm -hmm. Like, even though we fight, I like to see that my husband stand for his kids. He believes, you know, they need to be treated fairly and equally. And I do the same. And, you know, we have an argument and then we talk about it and we work it out. Right. Um, But it's important to be, I think, treat them all with fairness. Right. You were talking about the bonding. And I never thought about this that I'm going to say until now. People are expected, you're saying, like, you're expected, like, because you're a woman, you get in, you, you walk into this family with kids and you're supposed to bond with them right away. Sometimes you cannot even bond with your own kids. Postpartum depression with my daughter, it took me forever to bond with her, with my own daughter, who I love and adore. I couldn't even hold her. I mean, I, I fed her, I changed her, I bathed her but I couldn't connect with her and she was mine. So how we expected that people are just gonna walk into a relationship and all of a sudden love, unconditional, someone else. It just doesn't happen. You need to work on it, like everything, right? It's, it's muscle, it takes time. And I, I do believe it's possible. I do believe uh, stepmoms and stepdads can get to love their kids, but it starts with respect and maybe even loving your partner, right? You love your partner and because your kids are an extension of, the step kids are an extension of your partner, then you like them first. Like my son said, you like them first <laughs> and then you love them eventually. That's, that's where I start. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's, uh, there's a, a lot of like super, super powerful things that, that you said, you know, um, I'm going to go down the postpartum depression path for a second, because I think it's important. And even, you know, even without postpartum depression, um, I did an, an episode, I can't remember what episode that it is, but um, I talked about the way that we need to give ourselves kind of time and space to allow our our identities to catch up with where we are in our lives. So whether it's postpartum depression or whether it's a career change or whether it's a new baby or whether it's becoming a new stepmom, when we enter these situations, it doesn't matter how bad we've wanted them. Sometimes our minds and our bodies and our habits are still stuck in where we used to be. And we need to give ourselves that grace and that growing period and that, that self-love love and that really nourishing space to allow ourselves to settle into that, whether that's to settle into relationship with a new baby or settle into relationship with a new career or settle into relationship with your stepkids. We live in this super instant gratification society where we can find out the answer to anything in one second. And we expect that everything is that way. We expect overnight success step families and overnight six million dollar businesses and overnight incredible relationships but these things take work and we can never have something that we've never had before unless we do something differently so we can't do the things we used to do and expect to get where we want to go right and um and 
you know, I, I really, I really appreciate your vulnerability in saying like, I had a hard time bonding with my daughter because this is something else taboo that we as women are not supposed to say. Right. So I, I honor that and I acknowledge that and I appreciate that, that you brought that up. So, so thank you. I, I would like to kind of ask you now, you know, you said that you, you work in corporate America, you have for, for 20 years, you love your job. I would, first of all, it's very rare to find someone who loves their job. So this is amazing. <laughs> Um, I would like to ask you though, have there been any sort of lessons that you have gleaned from stepmomming that have kind of transferred over into your professional life? I would say it's the opposite, right? It's, it's the professional life that I think the professional life and uh, the strategy and the planning that I do for a living that has helped me be a better mom and a better stepmom. Um, so let me, uh, say a little bit first about loving my job. I am a firm believer that you own and control your destiny, right? Um, I have not always loved my job, but when I find myself in a job or business, I have had businesses that I've sold that I don't enjoy anymore. It doesn't make me happy. It doesn't fulfill my needs or I have outgrown them. Um, I'll just move on. I create another opportunity for myself and that's what I do. So right now in the job that I have, I like, <laughs> uh, I also have a business that keeps me busy and entertain and challenge. And um, it, yes, so, but it's not always been that. Now, so what I do is I do strategic planning for big corporations and businesses. And what that has helped me is to see beyond my noses, see the big picture, understand where I want to go. So a strategy is not a goal. A strategy is your big hairy goal. Like what is that thing that you want to do when you grow up? right? When you were eight years old, I'm just like, I'm going to be a veterinarian, right? Okay, so what are all the things that you have to do in order to get there? So those are the goals. The strategy is that big, big, big um, goal. So, you know, I have business strategies that I help people build, and I have a life strategy. You know, for me, at this point in my life, after, you know, being divorced, being almost bankrupt after a divorce, getting remarried, you know, ups and downs in life. If it doesn't make me happy, I don't want to waste any time on it. It has to make me happy. Otherwise, it has no room in my life. So my life, my, my life strategy right now is how can I be happy? Period. In my work, my work have taught me to, you know, there's a big goal and there's things in the way you need to do to get there. So my big goal is to be happy. I want us to be a happy family. I want my kids and my stepkids to grow together and love each other and, you know, like to be around with each other. Um, one of my stepkids like me, the other one doesn't. And the one that likes me, he comes for dinner sometimes. And it's nice, right? He texts me sometimes to say hi out of the blue. It's nice, right? Um, 
And, and that's what I want. So the things that I do every day at the end of the day are based on the premise that that's what I want my life to be. And so sometimes I ask myself, who do I have to be to be able to make this happen? And the thing that for me keeps coming back and back in this particular personal situation of being a stepmom is I have to be patient. I don't have a lot of patience, one of my flaws, but hey, I'm aware of it now. <laughs> so I'm trying to at least, you know, do whatever I need to do, take a bath, lock myself in the bathroom, go to the store even if I have to buy something. Right. And, and I love that you phrase that in the way of like, who do I have to be? Because if you have ever been a client of mine in the past or you're inside of the stepmom story or you've participated in any of my workshops, that's always kind of one of the central questions to the work that we go through is like, not what do I have to do, but who do I have to be? to have this life that I say that I want, because what I do and who I am being are not the same thing. Right. Um, and it sounds like they might be, but they're not right. And when you get that, when you get that big things start to be able to change, that's when you get to focus on what is life going to look like in 10 years when I'm being this person, right. Mm -hmm. Instead of what I have to check off of my to-do list. So yeah, super great. And, and I love that you brought up, brought in self-care. Like I couldn't imagine, having a super stressful job and all those bodies in the house and no time to yourself. Right. Um, I couldn't imagine doing that without having some really solid self-care practices. And I'm very glad that you didn't say go into the bathroom and chug wine because I think that <laughs> marketing of wine to mothers as a mothering coping strategy is a whole other podcast. So thank you for not saying that on the show. We would have to sniff that one out. <laughs> but... We do, you know, we do need to give ourselves those 10 minute breathers to go and like you said, meditate for five minutes or take a breath or take a bath or get into our bodies, get out of our heads and, and into our bodies. Um, and, and I, I love also what you said about the only thing that you're focused on now is, is to be happy. Uh, there's, there's a chapter inside of the stepmom story when that's literally the, that's what, that's what I get you to figure out is you know, you have one job and that's to be happy. And how do we make that happen for you? Right. How do we support you in, in making that happen? So yeah, this has been very enlightening, very enlightening, uh, chatting with you. For those of you who cannot see, because you're listening to the podcast, Carmen has four beautiful pictures, canvas pictures behind her. There's a road with some pine trees and blue sky. Yeah. yeah. Her, her pictures from her kids. There's one that has like a rainbow top underneath an umbrella with two people underneath it. There's some lovebirds in the moon and there's a tree in the sun. And it's, it's, uh, it's really special. It's really, really, it's really special to see that you can still have success. You can still have a high powered career. You can still be a serial entrepreneur and be a mom and be a stepmom and be a wife. It doesn't have to be either or, and you can be happy doing all of it. Like queen of your effing castle here, Carmen. I'm loving it. I'm eating it up. I'm loving it. <laughs> I love it. That's what I felt. 
identified uh, with the name of the show. And now just talking with you, Brittany, I can feel that we are the same type of people and that's that's what there are no coincidences in life, right? There's men, there's men for me to uh, find you and uh, for you to invite me to be here. Um, I love what you're doing, I really do. It's, it's great, it's so needed. There's no need, there's no need to make life more difficult than it is. And it's no one's job to make you happy. No one's. It's your job to make you happy. Will Smith had something in YouTube a couple of years ago where he was saying that he was having issues with uh, Jada, right, his wife. And he basically told her that she needed to go get herself happy so then they could be happy together. Mm. That really stood to me because I'm like, oh my God, that's true. That was when I was in my previous marriage and I'm like, this is not his fault, but I've been looking for love in all the wrong places outside of me. And until I learned to love myself and learn to just like me with all my quirkiness and everything I have, I'm never going to be able to be happy. And it's not my kid's fault and it's not my husband's fault and it's not my stepkid's fault, right? It's my fault. And it's my responsibility to be happy and in a good mood and just to, you know, be the role model that they need, I guess. Absolutely. Absolutely. It sounds so cliche, but like the secret to life, you got to love yourself. You got to love the ugly parts as much as you love the great parts because they're all who you are, you know, and, and when you learn to honor those ugly parts too, they're not even ugly. They're just human. Right. And, and yeah, it sounds cliche, but if you're listening to this, the secret to life is to love yourself. Um, Carmen, if you were to leave our listeners with any last words of advice on how to be the queen of your castle, what would those last words be? Don't try too hard. Don't try too That's hard. What I would say. Yes. Be grateful to yourself, forgiving to yourself. You're human, and so are the people around you. And everyone is trying to figure it out. Absolutely. Right? Everyone around is trying to figure out. This is hard for you. It's hard for your husband. Hard for, hard for the kids. Hard for everyone. I couldn't agree more. Well, that was super fun, Carmen. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you for being here. Thank you for enlightening us. Um, if our listeners would like to get in touch with you or follow you on social media, where is the best place for them to find you? So my handle in every social media outlet is the same. Yay. Uh, the confident working mom. So confident Insta working mom. Okay. Yes. I'm all on Instagram and Facebook. So awesome. That is the confident working mom. Thank you again, Carmen Benton, for being here. It has been an absolute pleasure. I hope this episode got your wheels turning and showed you just how powerful you are. I would invite you to take 30 seconds and tap subscribe to this podcast. When you subscribe to the podcast, then rest assured you will never miss an episode. And in no time, spinning your wheels will be a thing of the past. Thank you for listening and subscribing. And if you enjoyed this episode, it would mean the absolute world to me if after you subscribed, you jumped on over and left me a five-star review and better yet, a written review. I am on a mission to let every mom and stepmom know that you can create the life of your dreams. 
and I need your help to change the world. The world needs us. Thank you so much for subscribing and leaving me a five-star review. I will see you next week. For more behind-the-scenes action and to get really up close and personal with me and our beautiful step family, jump on over to Instagram and follow me at the step queen. Don't be shy. Send me a DM. Tag me in your posts. Tag me in your stories. Let me know what you're up to and what about the podcast has been blowing your mind. I cannot wait to get to know you better and Instagram is my jam. I love you so much. I love you so much. Make it rain, girlfriend.